Welcome to the Immigrant Squared podcast. My name is Anna. I was born in one of the former Soviet republics, raised in a small yet very unique country in the Middle East, and have been living in the U.S. for almost 20 years. I've always been curious about different languages, cuisines, music, and traditions. I also always had a desire to help people become their best self. I invite you to join me on an adventure throughout the world as I discover immigrants' stories, learn about new cultures, and together we find new ways to help immigrants unlock their potential. Welcome to episode 11 of the Immigrant Squared podcast. In this episode, I had a pleasure of speaking to Mina, who's a human rights lawyer and a Coptic who immigrated from Egypt to the U.S. Mina and I discussed the different struggles that Copts have as a religious minority, as well as the idea of asking people where they're from and why some people find it offensive. Hey, Mina, welcome to the Immigrant Squared podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're coming from. Hey, Anna. Uh, myself, I was born and raised in Cairo, Egypt. Uh, um, and uh, uh, I think I moved here uh, in my early 20s. Uh, right now in my mid-30s, so it's been, been a long time being here uh, in, in the U.S. And um, uh, America was the first place that I actually lived in. I traveled uh, outside Egypt before, but... Uh, moving to the U.S., uh, moving my life, moving, you know, everything. Um, that was a decision that uh, um, I would say I did not think it through. Um, and um, I remember that, you know, as a Coptic um, um, living in Egypt, you know, you live in a kind of like second class status, second class citizen status. Um, you see, for example, that every church, there is like a, 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 an armed guards in front of every church in, in, in Egypt. Um, you know, um, I was I was uh, um, a human rights lawyer, so I was also interested in, in that discrimination against religious minorities in Egypt. So just when when everywhere I would go uh, outside of Egypt, that would be like immediately the first thing that I would think about. Like if I go to a church, for example, in in, uh, uh, in Europe or in, in the U.S., and I I look around like where where are the police? You know, like where's where are the armed people that are trying to uh, uh, to protect the church from someone to attack it? Uh, um, so this is kind of like uh, something that uh, one of you know, one of the things that hit me when I first moved. Um, and also, like, the diversity of the of the U.S. was also, like, an interesting thing. I never had any Jewish friends in Egypt. Um, you know, uh, there is a lot, and this is something we can talk about it more. There's a, unfortunately, there is a lot of anti-Semitism growing up uh, in Egypt in the main culture. Um, and then slowly in, in, in the States, I realized that I have more Jewish friends now than Coptic friends. So um, and and getting to know the you know the, the culture and and uh, um, the odd similarities sometimes between the Coptic culture and the Jewish culture um, that uh, that in a way like when you find this kind of similarities 
uh, it gets you closer to, to people, right? Like we always try to find the common grounds and what feels or look or sounds uh, familiar to us. Um, and um, I would also say this is very like kind of very brief. I'm, I'm just talking uh, without any specific order here. Um, and I will also say that I uh, I integrated in the U.S. pretty well. Like I do genuinely feel that I am a Coptic American now that carries two different cultures uh, on my shoulder, like the Egyptian culture, the Coptic culture, and also on the other hand, the American culture. Um, so for people who don't um, know much about the Coptic religion, culture, can you briefly explain um, about it and why it's uh, a minority that's been very like persecuted and second-class citizens in Egypt? So uh, the Coptic community is an ethnic and religious minority. Um, we, uh, the, Copt, Copt, the term Coptic means Egyptian. And we are the indigenous people of Egypt. We were the indigenous community of, of Egypt. Uh, that was before the Arab Muslim invasion uh, to Egypt in the seventh century. Um, the Coptic language is still exists, maybe not like you know in your daily life, but we still use it in the church, and it's the oldest form of the Egyptian language now. Um, Religious sectarianism uh, has been uh, an issue in Egypt uh, ever since uh, Arab Muslims uh, uh, invaded Egypt in the 7th century. Now, at, at the beginning, it was mostly like ethnic uh, and religious. Uh, right now, it's mostly just religious. Because um, Copts and Muslims, you know, like, they speak now the same language. I mean, the, the, you, you can tell only if you um, uh, you can you can tell the different the difference if uh, if you ask someone's name there are some very Coptic names versus very uh, 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 Arab and Muslim names um, and there are a lot of common names as well um, so living as a small Christian minority majority of Coptics are Orthodox Christians. Um, there is a minority of a Coptic Catholic Church, and there is a, a sm even a smaller segment of the Coptic community, uh, Evangelicals and Protestants. Uh, but the vast majority belongs to the Coptic Orthodox Church. Um, um, and, uh, you know, as the whole Coptic community, I think it, we are less than 10% uh, out of like 110 millions. Um, so we are a small minority, we are a minority everywhere, so we are outnumbered everywhere. And um, occasionally there will be like, you know, a, a mob attack against cops that would result. Actually, last week, um, three Coptic men were killed in their uh, farm in Upper Egypt. Um, and uh, unfortunately, sometimes the Egyptian government... Uh, treatment to this to these incidents are just you know arresting equal number from both sides and forcing victim basically to give up the rights for the quote unquote the uh, uh, the peace in the community. So let's just forget about your rights and rule of law in order to live in peace next to your neighbor, which is um, uh, it's, it, it, it is this is the trauma that the cops. 
uh, have now. One thing that I would add that the Coptic community has been growing and flourishing outside Egypt. So we have now what I call it the global Copt, which is a Copt that was born and raised in Europe or born and raised in the US or Canada or Australia. And they don't really relate to that persecution story anymore or like to that feeling because like they never lived it, right? Like you're the free Copt, you know, like you're born and raised in a country where majority are Christians or like they don't give a shit about what you believe. Um, it's so different from what the Egyptian Copts uh, have experienced. Um, so, yeah. So you mentioned that your integration here in the U.S. has been pretty easy and smooth. Um, what has helped you to integrate into the U.S. culture and community when you came? Um, I think maybe I was lucky that I had great American friends that they helped me uh, in in the process. Um, I think uh, I think Americans are genuinely good people. Like I mean, as um, now I'm I, I'm proud to say like I'm one of them. But like I mean, I I see how immigrants they, when when I compare my experience or some people here around the experience to some other immigrants to other countries, whether it's Europe or outside Europe, I think there's something really good going for immigrants in America here. Um, I think there is, like me with with my Egyptian accent, I can claim that I'm American and, and be very proud of it. Like. Um, and I, it never bothers me when people ask me, oh, where are you from? It, it actually doesn't bother me. It's like, oh, I find it like interesting. People want to know my background. Um, I, I feel the I same way, but a lot of people get very offended and think it's a microaggression when you call, ask somebody where you're from. And I actually find it super interesting, especially in the Washington, D.C. area where you meet people from all over the world to learn about their culture, their traditions, their experiences, their struggles, which is also one of the reasons I started this podcast. I think these stories need to be heard and there's a lot for us to learn from each other's cultures and backgrounds. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, some people get offended. Right. And also I heard the story, you know, like, especially high schools and some like rural area in, in areas in America where they would be bullied for their accents or this or that. Like, that was not my experience. So I'm not saying, like, that doesn't happen. I mean, unfortunately, humans are humans and they do terrible things sometimes. Um, I moved here when I was, uh, like, old enough or uh, when I was, um, or moved to an area where, like you said, international kind of, the, the people from all over the world here. Um and I do agree with you. Like, I find it like that curiosity of getting to, you know, know um, my culture and what I think about things and stuff like that. That's something I definitely appreciate. And I think it's positive. I wonder if there is a way that we can break that stereotype of asking someone where they're from being, instead of being offensive, being something that shows interest in that person and curiosity 
You know, that's, uh, I don't think there is a way because there is a, a new disease running around the city now. It's not COVID. It's like being offended easily now. Like people are, are looking for, um, either they are looking for something to feel that they are unique or they are looking for something to, you know, to be angry about. And um, so I don't know if there is anything that can calm that down. Well, unless if they start to experience real issues in their lives. Like right now, if like, you know, before uh, the uh, uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine, um, you used to go to Twitter and then you see all of this weird fights that people are picking up or like weird stuff. But at least right now, like people are focusing on, on something, in my opinion, more real that, you know, people are actually getting killed and, and a country is being assaulted and being taken away by, like, a, a, a crazy maniac like Putin. So, um, so yeah, so I don't know. I don't know how can, uh, how can people take a, take a chill bill yeah. when they're being asked. No Definitely. Um, so other than it being very smooth integrating, were there any struggles or any issues that you encountered, um, as an immigrant or still do? I think after a while there is like this, uh, where, where is home sometimes? If in my case, you know, I go back to Egypt to visit my parents and I, I feel homesick to Virginia, for example, like, <laughs> Uh, which is a little bit odd, but um, but not odd. I like Virginia, um, but uh, but at the same time, also I think especially people who immigrated when they are old, like they um, um, they we are kind of international mindset. Like we have this international mindset. We want to, you know, like I want to go to Europe. I want to go to Latin America. I want to explore the world and stuff like that and that disturbed the foundation of making a place this is my home you know what i mean it makes you like want to explore beyond your your familiar surrounding all the time uh, maybe after a while that will calm down or that will disappear or maybe it has something to do with age or uh or maybe not so where do you feel the most at home that's a great question. Um, well, other than Virginia, Shenandoah Valley. <laughs> like a cabin in Shenandoah Valley. It's like, oh, I'm Cabin home. in Shenandoah what, Valley is what makes you feel. Yeah. <laughs> with, you know, with like uh, a good bottle of, of whiskey and uh, a shisha, a hookah. So that's when you bring the East and the West together. The whiskey and the smoke. <laughs> yeah, smoke, exactly. Um, hookah, just hookah, not nothing more. Um, but yeah, but no, I, I do think that uh, the process of changing your society, your community, is 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 not an easy process. And uh, I see a lot of immigrants that they leave, for example, coming from the Middle East, they leave the Middle East, but they bring the Middle East with them. Um, they want to, you know, like, if they want to marry, they want to marry from their community. And that's the right, by the way, I'm not criticizing them. 
the only thing that I would criticize them is like when they have children and they want to force their kids to live in their Middle Eastern culture. And those poor kids, like they're American kids, like or French or European or whatever, like whatever they're from or living. Um, because you cannot really transfer your, your experience, your personal experience to it. Yeah, I mean, um, you can't transfer the experience, but but can you teach your kids your culture and where you came from? Is it important to do that to kind of maintain that heritage? Um, I think there is a way to do that, right? Right, yes. But at the same time, you run... Uh, I would do that personally, but at the same time, we have to also accept the fact that your kids are not uh, your property. Like at some point, they will be a fully individuals that think on their own and pick and choose, um, um, and they can choose to follow that heritage, and they also can choose to not to. Yeah. Um, so, but this is what many people, they don't accept uh, that fact. Um, so, so that's, that's an issue. So for me, fortunately, like I came here a single young man, like I didn't have kids, I didn't have anything. Maybe that made it easier for me as well to integrate in the society in, 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 in the US very easily. Uh, my immigration question was not economic one. Um, so I wasn't like trying to, you know, like save money to send it back home, um, uh, or back to Egypt. It was more of like, no, I am, I'm going to be part of this society. Like this is going to be my new home. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so I lived the American dream, wasting all my spending. And <laughs> <laughs> is there something you wish you knew before you immigrated? Uh, yeah, well, one thing, and actually a friend of mine told me that, um, I left Egypt for many reasons, um, and my immigration decision came, um, based on, on many, many reasons and struggles. Um, sometimes we think that the pursuit of happiness is easier uh, behind the walls that we see around us. Um, but I think my friend told me this, like as you are packing your bags to leave or your suitcase, you are also packing all of your like philosophical and, and questions with you. And so changing the place will not necessarily give you the answer. Um, um, so me now being an existentialist, I guess I, <laughs> I, uh, I realized that more and more, um, so I don't think like it's, it's something that I would, I think, I think every, every mistake I've done in, in the process, I had to do it in order to learn something. So, um. So what are so some of the philosophical things that you feel like you brought with you from Egypt and still stayed with you here in the U.S.? Um, like, do you see the Middle East 
in a different lens from here. Um, obviously a very, you know, active region, if we can call it that way, with a lot going on all the time. Does being here kind of change your perspective? Well, de definitely the, the earth does not, or the sun doesn't go around, the universe doesn't go around the Middle East. Like we are not the center of the universe um, as Middle Easterns. Um, I do think that, okay, so I'm not going to deny that obviously there are more restrictions in the Middle East that preventing you from discovering yourself and your potential and uh, whether they are legal or social um, or discovering the world. Um, so so in, in America, there are less restrictions, obviously. But at the same time, there is no utopia. Like in, in America, like you will, like I, ha I, I had people here telling me that if I stand with one political side, I would be betraying my skin color. And I should define myself as a brown human being, which is a foreign concept to me. It's, it's, it's insane and weird. Like, I don't think of myself as brown or white or whatever. It's like, what does that even mean? Like, how does that, you know, like the, the determine how I see the world? Um, so, so, like, you think that you're moving to a society where um, you know, like everyone, like it's free society. So everyone has to be like smarter and, you know, no, no. Like the, the, your average Harvard graduate is equal to your average Benha University graduate, which is like a, a smaller school in Egypt. Like, uh, uh, intelligent is not measured that way. Um, and so that's, I, I would say like that is something that I was, if you have told me that when I was in Egypt, I wouldn't have believed you. But li living here made me realize that. So what is some advice that you can offer immigrants who are coming in particular from the Middle East um, and are planning to come to live in the U.S.? You know, and just enjoy the ride. It's, uh, it's interesting, right? Um, um you know like everything is is up to question and to discover and redefine um but um but i don't think yeah i mean yes so that's i don't think everyone will be able to do that so be able to come from the middle east to the us no being able to liberate their mind and genuinely looking for whatever truth and beauty in the world in in more subjective way uh then uh yeah so i think uh yeah people like i said earlier I, because i've met a lot of people who would change location but nothing changes in them um and they try to bring the culture with them so maybe it's just being more open to other things yes. like as important as it is to maintain your heritage and culture. But if you are immigrating to a new place, being open to learn about the local culture or any others that you encounter, um, because I think there is always something to learn from from everybody. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely.
Well, thank you so much, Mina, for sharing your story. Oh, thanks, Anna. Thank you for listening to episode 11 of the Immigrant Squared podcast. As always, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Until next time.